Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adult Amarcy Unplugged, and I'm the host of the most, this is always Adult Amarcy, and today we are joined by a very special guest who is a multiple, I think 10 times international number one bestseller in so many different places. The dude is a legit badass in my opinion, because I've been looking up his site and stuff, and looks great, um, and all his achievements really. Uh, it's a guy called Trevor Crane. Um, just literally met this guy, love his stuff, and as always, this show is sponsored by AdamMarcy.com, but also today we're, spons- uh, we're sponsored on this show by TrevorCrane.com, uh, GreatnessQuest.com, and also the GreatnessNetwork.com. So those are three of his sites as well. Go check them out. One of them is a podcast. I'm sure you guys will get tons of value from listening to this guy, as you will listening to him on this show. With fu- without further ado, Trevor, are you there? I am, brother. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate it because I know it's been a little bit of a hit and miss with Courtney trying to get us together, and it's glad that we actually got the time to do this correctly. So I am too, man. I, I love your. I love the whole tone of your show and communicating with you so far. So I know we're gonna have a bunch of fun, and everybody needs to stay plugged in because. We're going to unveil some awesomeness. You even told me how you're going to ask questions today. There's going to be something a little bit out of the ordinary instead of just the the general junk people talk about. Hells yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun. As my audience, as you guys know, we're going to have some fun with Trevor. For the people who are new here, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review as well. But let's get into this real quick. Now, Trevor, how did you actually get to where you are right now? Because you are a sought-after speaker, trainer, coach in writing books, having a great day, understanding a gift, getting high-paying clients, sales, one day, one hour a day to six figures is a book that you actually did and, of course, you created, and a ton of other little areas that you're actually just like this guy that's just there, you know, marketing, sales, business, confidence, everything. Like, how? How did that – how did you become the man you are today? Cool question and – you know, it's interesting. You, you're doing a great job of like throwing all these things that make me sound cool uh, with the the books and the, the business stuff. But I think the the real thing is is my successes came from more of my challenges and failures. Um, I I grew up the son of a horseshoer, uh, and there actually are people that do that. That that's their job. My dad. I, uh, we lived in Arizona. I was the poorest kid on the block, so to speak. Although the closest neighbor I had was a half mile away, <laughs> and uh, you know, I grew up with the uh, with awesome parents. I mean, although my dad didn't make a bunch of money, the, he was awesome and believed in me and said, "Trev, you can do anything you want to do." And I looked around my circumstances and said, "This sucks. We're poor. <laughs> you know, and I, if I can do anything I want to do, I'd like to have some money." Now, I and so I would go out there, and you know, my parents said, "Go get them, Tiger." And I just made failure, 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 mistake 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 what you did not tell your audience is that i filed a 2.2 million dollar bankruptcy you know i lost everything including the woman i was in love with took my daughter and left the state and left me with nothing and this is me in my 30s i found myself like homeless uh going what the hell did i do and thinking no one would ever trust me ever again so i would say that all of the accolades that you just gave me, which were so gracious, and I'm very honored to have those books that are out there and be helping the people that I've been able to help. But uh, it came through the school of hard knocks and making a bunch of mistakes and being fearless in the face. Actually, that's not true. I was totally scared shitless. From time to time. <laughs> exactly. Right. When I filed that bankruptcy, I mean, I sat down and cried, and and there were many sad days. But I was probably one of the happiest bankrupt, lost everything dudes you ever would have met. 
because I learned, you mentioned one of my books there, you said it fast, but it's the focus on what's the gift. That's the name of the book. And it's this question or primary question that I, I conditioned. I didn't start with it, but I, I decided that it was a healthy one for me to have, that there is a gift in everything, even the pile of crap that you're delivered. You know, if you take a diamond and you wrap it in a pile of cow crap it's still a diamond in there you know it's, yeah. it's not awesome my wife is also a best-selling author and she calls it all success lies on the other side of the swamp like are you feeling pulled down and yada yada but that is part of the process our setbacks are not setbacks they're setups for success and that sounds cliche because it all starts with cute little s words but i think it's totally real and most people are scared of their vulnerability of, you know, to tell the truth about where they are. And I know I was, man, to tell at the time when I was going through my bankruptcy, I didn't want to. That's not what I would have led with. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey. Yeah, I know, right? You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But I, was, I have a question right there. Like, what What was the – like, how did you end up, like, filing a $2.2 million bankruptcy? Because I didn't even know that. Like, you're saying that to me. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> he didn't yeah. tell me this. <laughs> well, it's through a series of bad choices. I mean, I'll tell you what. When it happened, I had a business partner. I was um, okay. Hold on, let me take get a little bit of like my my background. So my dad was a horseshoer, and and I went to school, went to university to study business because I thought I wanted to be a successful business guy. And I don't know if you know this, but when you get out of school, they don't necessarily have set you up for success, you know. So uh, my first businesses kind of sucked, didn't make a lot of money, and I learned to basically hire mentors and consultants to help me get stuff done. Lo and behold, like this was something that was really tough for me to do because being broke or scared and whatnot and trying to be successful, I was trying to figure it out all myself and, and think I could do it. And my real secret to success ended up being hiring somebody to help me. So when I did that, I started making a lot more money. Like let's say in one of my businesses, I went from like, um, I was basically making 10, 20 grand a month to over 100 grand a month inside of four months when I hired my first mentor. So that was a that was a tr tremendous boon. But what ended up happening uh, in my businesses, I went from I had a, I have a had a water sports business was one of my businesses. I'm a scuba instructor and I lived wow. out of um, Naples, Florida at the and we had a resort at the Ritz Carlton Hotel and I eventually built that business up and made some money with it. But it was a tough business, man. You know, you go ahead and wrap an engine in fiberglass and dip it in salt water and you have expenses, <laughs> you know, yeah. and insurance. And um, I had setbacks like in my first week of business in, uh, in that business, I had someone hit by lightning on my watch, which is wow. a whole story in and of itself, um, which we can the, get to. Did they win the lottery? That's my only question. Did that? Did what? Did they win the lottery after they got hit by lightning? <laughs> apparently, supposed to be lucky. I don't know. You know what? I think they did hit the win the lottery because they had a full recovery. I mean, I wow. fished a 19 year old and a 14 year old kid, 19 year old girl and a 14 year old boy out of the water um, that weren't breathing, and we breathed them back to life. I think that they won the lottery. You know, uh, I think they. It was an unfortunate experience, and I could, I can get really emotional about that one because it was a tough one for everyone involved. But uh, what I will say is that your setbacks don't have to don't have to define you. My, my partner at that time quit. He said, "I can't have it. Buy me out. I'm gone. I'm done." Like he didn't even want to run our boat on a, on the most calm, beautiful days anywhere. You know, it was it was a tough 
tough one for him. But I bought him out, made that business successful. And then um, you said, how did I file the bankruptcy? Well, I had moved on from that business because I figured that the value I was bringing to the world wasn't enough. I got bored, right? In the, even though I had pretty girls in my boat every day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were hugging me and kissing me. And every once in a while, I thought I might get lucky. I don't know that ever really happened, but it was always my idea, always my dream. Uh, but that, that being on the boat every day on a beautiful resort – uh, with my dog and beautiful girls and making what I thought was good money at the time uh, became this boredom. I felt like I was driving the bus. I got so bored and I just didn't think I was making a big enough impact. And brother, I was only making 50 bucks per client. My average client sale was 50 bucks. So I don't know exactly, I'm not a no mathematical genius, but when I looked at what it takes to make a million a year, that was just a lot of little $50 sales and I only had this one beach and this one boat. And when I evolved to have a second boat and a third boat and wave runners and adventure tours and all the stuff I tried to, to happen, still my average value per client was about 50 bucks and then their life was dangling from a string and I thought this sucks this is a tough way to make a bigger impact in the world so I wanted out and my next business was an environmental protection company I hired a mentor to help me do it I made the most money I've ever made in that business this was in Florida and uh, I was just killing it not that happy though, surprisingly. As it, I mean, I was still a happy dude, but I wasn't into it. Like when I was working with truck drivers and we worked at night and there was all these challenges with it and I wanted out. And I had a business partner that um, thought I was screwing him, which I wasn't, but he thought I was. So he screwed me. He, 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 you know, and we got into a big legal battle over it. I'm like, you jackass. And he's like, you're a jackass. And <laughs> next thing I know, two years later, I'm like sitting there holding the bag. And I, and instead of moving out of that business, brother, when I should have, like, cause I told you I wasn't really that into it, even though I was killing it with money. I was like, it wasn't my passion, man. And I just wanted out and I self-sabotaged that sucker. Now for two years, <laughs> I blamed him. You bastard, you screwed me. It was a tough one, man. That was one I had to look in the mirror and stop blaming the world and take responsibility. And the truth is, the reason I filed that bankruptcy was all my fault. I communicated poorly to him. I'm the one that was there. I, you know, he, I'm not saying what he did was right, but I'm the one that caused it. And when I owned that, dude... I filed the bankruptcy. I moved things forward. I, I made friends with him to a certain degree. I, I just gave, I gave up on the fight and just shifted to a different model. And within a few years, I, I had things back uh, to, and much happier. So I made a whole bunch of bad choices is the short answer to that question. And that was actually a long answer, but... Oh no, it's it's true though. Like you've literally given us an entire screenshot of exactly what goes on. And there's so many avenues that go down that way. And it's funny you kept going back to my one of my favorite sayings, which is a setback is not just a set, it's a setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a springboard for a comeback. I can't remember who said that. I think it was Willie Jolly that said that years ago. But Les Brown used to quote him like "Love Les," so you know that's the thing that yeah. happens. But like speaking about like um, all this crazy stuff, like how did you keep your mindset in check? That's like really my thing because I've been there. I've been. Not anywhere near in worse situation like that, but I mean, I've been in situations where I'm not happy. I've had to deal with clients that I don't want to deal with. I've felt really depressed and, you know, borderline suicidal and shit over this stuff. <clears throat> and that's when I changed my business model. And just an FYI, uh, 
for guys that are listening to the show for the first time, if you hear chirping or uh, something that sounds like a human crying in the background, it's just my cat. He's saying hello because he likes. No attention. way! That's yeah. your cat. That, that is my a cat. cat. That was my ba- that's my baby Bengal. I'll show you him afterwards after the show. But um, he's he's just doing his own thing. He's awake. He's like, you're doing a podcast. I must be there. But like, <laughs> so I'm I'm going through. I was going through all these crazy challenges and. Like you seem like a guy though, even though you're going through all of this, the underlying feeling was happiness. Like in the, I can hear it in your voice. There was like an underlying happiness. And my question is really, how did you protect that and how did you protect your confidence? If you lost it, how did you get it back, essentially? Have you ever heard of the book uh The Way of the Peaceful Warrior? Yeah, I love that book. Alright. So there was a um there was a scene in that book that stood out to me. And I read that book a lot of years ago. I was probably in my 20s, and now I'm in my 40s, so it was a while ago. And uh, there was a scene where the main character, I think his name is Dan Millman. I think he's actually the author of the book. That, that, he's uh, the author, yeah. And then he saw a friend of his that he respected and liked a lot, and his building had burned down. He owned a restaurant. Uh, his friend owned a restaurant, and, and Dan showed up, and he saw, oh, my, he went to go see his buddy or go have lunch, and the, the building had burned down. And he was sitting there watching the fire trucks do their thing, waiting for his buddy to arrive. Like he was scared at first if his buddy had, you know, been in the fire and whatnot. And then his buddy showed up, and he saw his buddy um, fall down to the ground and weep. He just he saw that he had lost his his like what he had been working on for the last five ten years, whatever it was, and that it had been all of his dreams had been burned down to the ground. And Dan saw him lose his shit basically and then after a couple of minutes of crying he saw him stand up wipe off his face and and he had already grieved for the loss and he was ready to move on and what dan said in the book or at least what i got from it was his takeaway was he saw that day a true peaceful warrior someone who had was fearless to embrace the emotion that he was feeling instead of being like oh no it's okay let me give it a stiff upper lip you know instead dan was saying my god that guy is awesome he was fearless to go ahead and experience the emotion he felt sad so he you know what he cried okay come on. he 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 did he went into it he's like oh this is horrible i hate it oh my gosh the world's gonna he did it he experienced that emotion <laughs> instead of hiding from it, and then he was able to move through it. So dude, my path for a long time, and that was something I learned in my 20s, and I, like I said, I had pretty cool parents who said, you can do anything, and I tended to believe them for a while. <laughs> and uh, and I just, I thought that was a great way to live. So when I get mad, I get mad. When I get happy, I get happy. When I get sad, I cry, you know, but I don't spend a lot of time dwelling on it. I like to experience the emotion and move the hell through it. So. When my, my my daughter was taken away from me and I lost my houses and I, they, were, they were repossessing my cars and I was trying to hide them <laughs> so I couldn't find them, you know, and I felt like a, I just, dude, sometimes I just cried, man. When I got mad, I went for a run and I punched something and I, you know, but I didn't live there. I moved through it and I choose as much as possible to go into the emotion as quickly and deeply as possible instead of that bullshit where we all try to say, as men, you were like, hey, you know, we can't let people see that you're weak. You got to show that you're strong. Fuck that. Like, I'm actually crying at my daughter's Disney movies more than than she is. I'm like a complete wuss. <laughs> or, 
or just I'm oh I'm and that's I think what saved me. And then I went to a Tony Robbins event again years ago, uh, right after 2011. So I think it was or uh, 2000 uh, after excuse me after 9/11. So 2001 ish. Yeah, 2001, 2002, and Tone talked about. I, I felt like uh, he was one of the first mentors I had that I felt like washed my brain, you know. And it was like brainwashed gets a bad rap. You're like, oh, that thing's brainwashing you, you know. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know what? When I get dirty, I freaking my wife begs me to take a shower, you know. Like, I need to get clean, and yeah. my head wasn't right. And when Tone talked to me for the first time in front of with 5,000 other people, but I thought I was talking just to me. Like, I was like, man, he's speaking truth here. And I just chose to change. I, I, he showed me what I knew was the truth that I get to pick the meaning of things and it can be the end or it can be the beginning. And, um, I chose that day when I went to my first Tony Robbins event, dude, I planned on screwing Tony Robbins. I went to their first event and I was like, I'd had, I'd listened to a few of his tapes and I thought they were kind of cool. And I thought, you know what? Let me go see this guy. This is how cynical I was at the time. I'm like, let me go watch him live before he dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, I don't know why that was my thought. And he sent me a postcard with some bug eyed guy wearing glasses with a bald head that got my attention. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see this guy. But I was pretty broke at the time. And I popped the last little bit of money I had on a credit card, and I bought three tickets for the price of two or something like that. And I invited my sisters, and I lived in Florida. I'd never been to New York City before. This is going to be right outside of New York City. I actually live in that area right now. So I'm wow. in Jer North Jersey, real close to where I first saw Tony. And I told my sisters, let's go to New York City. We can stay at a friend's of mine uh, place. We'll go to a couple days of Tony Robbins' event, and he gives a money-back guarantee at halfway through so we'll get we'll go for two days i've already listened to his course how am I, i'm not gonna i just want to see him live because before he dies <laughs> yeah, so that I can you say do. i've done it and it's the same name of the course i have the same name of his program that i have the tape set so um it was back when we had cassette tapes that i'd listen to his stuff and uh i said uh let's just go there we'll get a refund i'll have the extra thousand bucks that i get as a refund we'll spend it in new york city we'll have a good time and we haven't uh, been able to hang out for a while they're my two younger sisters that was the plan instead we stayed the whole four-day event i felt brainwashed like someone had finally given me a lifeline and he offered me the chance to work with them and said if you want to uh, work with me, raise your hand if money didn't matter. And, man, I raised my hand. And he's like, well, if you don't have the money, find a way to make it happen. And I'm like, all right. Man, I'm a coachable guy. So he's like, you can make it happen. I'm like, I can make it happen. He goes, raise your hand. I raised my hand. He goes, go back to the back decks and, and fill out the form. I filled out the form. I'm like, well, don't charge that credit card, man, because there's $17 on it. Like, I don't even have enough to get a sandwich. <laughs> you know? So don't charge the credit card. And they're like, well, how are you going to come up with the money? And I'm like, I don't know. That, that that's not my job right now. Tony said it'll work out. <laughs> I'm just sign me up. What's the payment plan? How, how long do I have to pay it? And so I've got a cool story of how I got the money inside of 12 days. They gave me uh, 10 days to pay the balance. And they gave me an account rep. Her name is Angie Carpio McCall. Still remember her name. She's a totally cool gal. Still works wow. with Tony, I believe. Totally cool gal. Uh -huh. And um, I talked to her and I said, I don't know how the hell I'm going to come up with the money, but I have to. I have to get more of this. I need help. This was awesome. And if I got that much out of one little event, I need to figure it out. And brother, um, an insurance company that never does a payout 
actually what had happened is um, here I'll tell you the story. You want to hear the story? Yeah, could do. I was literally just asked how the hell did you raise the money in twelve days? I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, and I totally get that, but I want to know what the way was here. Like what yeah. happened? I mean, I tried to hustle a little bit. I was trying to beg, borrow, and steal, you know, <laughs> to make it happen. But what ended up happening was just kind of a fate type of thing. Uh, about six months previously, I told you I was in the water sports business, so I had my truck that I was was pulling my boat on on a, on a trailer, and this girl turned in front of me, um, like on a red light, or maybe it was on a on a green light, but she just wasn't paying any attention, and I almost totaled her car. I almost jumped right in. I almost killed her, man. Uh, I started laying on the horn. I could see she was going to turn in front of me and there was no way I could stop. Like I was, maybe I was going 40 miles an hour or something through the intersection, which was like the appropriate speed. But she turned right in front of me in this giant rig. Like I was going to kill her. And I was able to jackknife my truck truck and trailer in the middle of that intersection, laid on the horn, avoided hitting her. Like she didn't move her car. Her little, little freaking car <laughs> didn't move. I jackknifed my vehicle all around her. I don't know how we didn't hit her. I looked down. I can still remember this like it was yesterday. I looked out my window and I looked down at her into her eyes. And she was freaking white face petrified. So was I, by the way. There was, you could barely pass a business card between our cars. We were so close. Wow. I almost just completely smashed her. Now, in the States, when you don't, uh, when there's no impact, um, there is no fault for the ticket. So the cops came and we had to, my boat came off of the trailer and it was in the middle of the intersection of the, of the road. It jacked up my boat. It jacked up my trailer and there was, there were no insurance repercussions. Uh, and, and she was not at fault, even though she said she was at fault uh, witnesses says she was at fault, but they, the cops couldn't write a ticket. Her insurance company, she basically harassed them for six months and said, he saved my life. And they, they called me up. And they sent me a $10,000 check and said, we've never done this before, but, you know, we want to thank you for saving our client's life and we don't have to pay you, but we're going to because you, whatever. They said something nice. I couldn't freaking believe it. I got the check 12 days after I had told Tony, Tony's people that I was, I was in, it was 10 grand. And I still remember this. Um, no, it was $9,995 to buy Tony's program. They sent me a $10,000 check. So I had five bucks left and I went to the uh, local store and I bought an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, because celebrations have to be celebrated. But wow, that is, that is incredible as a story. Like what's really sucky for me right now is I'd love to keep you on. Like I'm sure I'm going to get you back on the podcast at another time because you're like got a million and one stories that I want to hear right now. I'm like, this is the most quiet most people have actually got me on this show. So it's kind of awesome. Um, but wow. So... You go from like doing this thing, getting ten grand from this crazy thing, you get yourself an ice cream. You end up at Tony's. Uh, you end up working with Tony, right? Yeah. So for the next couple of years, I took just about every program Tony would offer. Uh, yeah, and then I volunteered in his environment for a long time, and I became one of us part of his leadership team and a trainer on his crew. I, I didn't wasn't ever deigned trainership from the governing body of Tony Robbinsness, but I always saw myself as a badass. I'm a fucking trainer in that environment anyway, and that's the way I carried myself. And dude, my first time volunteering in that environment, um, I had a guy who was suicidal. 
uh, that I helped. I was my my first job there was an usher, right? And I was told to ush people, right? That was my big job. And uh, this guy was having a hard time getting a seat. He was kind of being a jackass about it, and he was going to leave the event. And I was told by the 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 team, don't let people leave. You know, like they're here for a reason, and they need to and and help them out and get them a seat. So I was able to get him a seat and help him not leave the event. And he came back to me a couple days later, and some of the I, he he ended up staying at the entire event and told me that I saved his life. He wow. said that he'd been suicidal, and if he was to walk out those doors, <sighs> he would have ended it all. Wow, that's incredible! All right, so you go through that. Now I'm curious, how did you end up writing your first book? Because right now I'm writing my book, Alchemy of Persuasion, and I'm having a lot of trouble getting through it. Mm-hmm. What was the other thing that you did that basically helped you write your first book and subsequently write the remaining nine? I'm so stoked you asked that. So uh, for those of you who want to write a book or been thinking about writing a book or you're not sure if you should write a book, you should write a book. Your message matters and you got to get a book out. And I'm the guy I told you that I uh, filed that bankruptcy and I didn't think anybody would ever trust me ever again. Like to me, it was the, it was a sin, man. I'm a man of my word. And when I didn't pay back a bill, like that doesn't even make sense. So against my identity, I thought I was the biggest loser on the planet. And I had to come to terms with that and look in the mirror and like own it you know, and, and not blame myself and forgive myself like we'd forgive our kids. You know, it's okay. Like people make mistakes. That, that stuff there for a reason. I had to completely transform the meaning. Remember I told you that that's what Tony trained, taught me? One yeah. of the things was I can create the meaning I want out of this. Instead of being the end, it could be the beginning. And it was a tough one for me. I told you I suffered through it for two years blaming other people. <laughs> but – it took me 20 years to publish my first book. Wow. My first time in the UK, because I know you're in the UK right now, uh, was I, I just graduated college and I was like going to uh, go. I was on this world trip and I had my backpack and it was awesome, man. But I, And I left that trip and I was like, I want to write a book. I'm going to call it a backpack and a smile because everywhere I went, I had a badass time. It was in Australia. It was in Europe, all over Europe. And I'd like, this is going to be awesome. And I kept, back then we didn't have the internet. That damn Al Gore guy hadn't created it yet. <laughs> and uh, and we, I, I kept letters and I had postcards and I sent them to friends and family and I kept a journal and everybody said, Trev, you're pretty good at this. You know, you should write a book. And I, and that book never happened. And then, and the next book never happened. And the next book never happened. And then when I did start writing my book or books and my different ideas, uh, it was tough, man. I'd ma- I, I, and a year would go by, and I the book wouldn't have gotten done. And it's not like I didn't do work. I mean, I would be working. I'd be writing. I'd be I'd be recording videos, and then have it transcribed, and I'd write a table of contents, and I'd go have a cover created on Fiverr or something, and make it feel like I had a book. But I wasn't. I I didn't get it done. So um, I want to give a different analogy. So it took me over twenty years to get a book, my first book, done. Since then, I've now published 10, and I'm a 10-time best-selling author, like you said. My daughter's 10 years old also. Um, a couple months ago, I could have called her a nine-time, nine-year-old best-selling author. She's got nine books. Really? So uh, my clients now, I decided when I wanted to figure this out, I knew that cracking the code of the sales and, and your brand and stuff, like if you – if Larry King was going to be interviewing me or you or anybody right now, uh, you know, a badass interviewer, right? Or your Barbara Walters, you know, uh, they would go ahead and if unless you founded Nike, 
or you were like the owner of Tesla, they would say when they went to introduce you, number one best-selling author of blankety blank book. If you're an author, they lead with it unless you've like, you know, founded a planet or something. You know, unless yeah. you have this other amazing founding founder of this, that, and the other thing, they will go with author of a book. It's like the Bible, you know, people think that things are in writing, have this authenticity of like, uh, uh, and authority. authority. Yeah. And so we need it. You all need it for your personal branding. I don't care if you have a job, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, I don't care if you have a business, you need a book. And I was struggling because I didn't have help. So I'm going to give you an analogy here, brother, on how I got that done. Right, Actually, I'll give you, I'll give everybody one tip, and then I'll give you the uh, the analogy. So the way to do it is to get help. That's always my solution. It's the simple solution. If people get one tip from me on this session, just freaking get help. If you've not done something before, for the love of all that is holy, go find somebody that has done it before, and then ask them to help you. You know, pick a mentor, and they'll you know like not the mentor that's like the clean cut dude that's like in the military that's like he's 24 years old and he's like we can do it you know that little uh, <laughs> I, think I can i think i can i think i can like that's true that's confidence and it matters but hire somebody who has conviction see that's the difference someone with conviction has already created success not just for themselves but they've created success for others and they've done it so many times they're more like that skinny older zen master who's like wearing nothing but a loincloth and he's bare feet and he's like come on you know, I, I come up, I, if you want to, you can follow that um, young Marine who's all confident. He'll take you up the hill. That'll be awesome. But if you want, you know, I take people up there all the day. I walk up there three times a day. Come on. And I just, if you, we see this beautiful sunset and you get all the results you want, you just follow me. And he doesn't even care if you come or not. He's like, I'm going anyway. I'm going without, with or without you. If you want to come along, then someone with conviction, see, that's a man or a woman of influence that has impact. The difference between confidence and conviction, I think, is everything. So hire somebody for frickin' help. Like when I talked to you, brother, and I asked you what you're best at, and you told me with a lot of conviction about what you've done for the last 12, 15 years. I think you said 15 years yeah. of being a copywriter, focused on influence, and no matter who it is, you said with such conviction, I'm like sold. You sold me with just telling me with conviction about what you do really well about how you can take anybody's message, if you have a, any, any idea of what they sell to whom, you can draft a sales letter in their voice to sell their thing, to have influence over someone else, like really quickly. And I know you've got a new book. Your book is called The Alchemy of Persuasion. Persuasion right? Yeah. right. So you have, I'm guessing that I'm not missing the mark here and from your perspective on confidence conviction. Are you with me on that? Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. You got, right that with you. So that's the shift. So the, the help for you to, with your book, brother, if you haven't done it before, get help. Hire me. Hire someone. Get someone that's going to help you. I mean, right now, people are like, but I'm broke. I can't hire these guys. Great. Then go on YouTube and, and commit yourself and, and find a mentor who will teach you for free. You know, they'll do all kinds of cool stuff on YouTube. I mean, that's not my recommendation. I'd say that you should pony up. My story about Tony Robbins was that I invested when I didn't have the money. And believe me. When I owed a whole bunch of $2 million to people, I didn't have the money. So nobody can call, will bring that bullshit to my table and have it be swallowed because I have not had the money. I grew up broke and I've been broke several times <laughs> and I was able to find a way so I don't buy that crap. But analogy time. All right. So here's the thing, brother. Um, people get – how long have you been working on your book? Oh, 
good part of maybe about four months. But awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I've got like halfway through it. Okay, cool. And you, because you're a writer, you're thinking, hey, man, I can get this done. And you've written a bunch of copy for a lot of people and it's words on a page. I can do it. But, dude, there's so many parts to a book. A yep. book is a lot like a house. So think this is the analogy is your dream house. If you are you living in your dream house now, or do you ha still have that dream house out on your bucket list? Oh, dream house is still on my bucket list right now. Okay, so if you were to go, let's say that you really got fired up and you're like, man, gotta have that dream house, gotta have that dream house. That's it. I've had it. I'm gonna do my dream house. I'm gonna start today. So you go into the backyard, you pull out a hammer and some nails, and you start whacking two by fours together. Is that how you'd go to build your dream house? No. Freaking no, 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 but that's what writers think. That's what we think as authors. Okay, I'm going to go build my book, this book that's going to be the representation of my brand, the foundation on what I stand upon, this thing that is your – this. Uh, uh, the, if I build it, they will come, Kevin Costner, right? right. <laughs> Feel the Feel dreams. dreams. Feel the dreams. Complete baloney. So, but what we think is that it's not that complex. But if you're going to build a, a house, isn't that complex, man? It's concrete under the ground and then some wood, you know, and then you nail it together. And if you see construction workers, they're not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> you know? right. So you're like, if that roofer can do it, I can do it. But you know what? If you think of a house, you've got the concrete guys, you got the framing guys, you got an electrician and a plumber and a roofer and a faux painter and a and the person who hangs your granite countertops and all of those things. And do you want the same guy to do all that? Would you just find one dude that he's like, hey, man, I'll dig the ditch. I'll lay the pipe. I will paint the walls. I'll do it all. Like you'll be there for freaking ever. And I would – I don't think anybody would ever do that. So we want to get a team of people. You have an architect design the blueprint, not you with a cocktail napkin figuring out your name of your book and your cover and your table of contents and all that. And maybe you're cool at that. You're like, well, that's not my problem, Trevor. My challenge is the marketing and promotion. Well, yeah, it should be. the. Yeah, I need to get it to be a bestseller. How did you get your nine-year-old daughter to get nine best-selling books? I'm like, yep. well, we have a system and a process, and it's not complex. Anybody can do it. It just so happens we do it here every single day. So it's up to you. Do you change the? Do you want to go learn it, or just want to follow someone who's already been there? They're the Zen master. They just kind of do it every day. And they can show you exactly how. And in my business, as I'm sure in yours, or in in, in a, a lot of us are in the thought leadership business. I have a course that teaches people how to do it. I have a mentoring program that helps people do it. I'll do it with you. I'll hold your hand. Come on, let's do it. Don't worry about it. You, I'll do it with you. And then I've got a done-for-you service, and I kind of mix those in a little bit where we just do it for people. All the book marketing, all the book promotion, a virtual book tour. You and I are talking today because Courtney's on my virtual book tour team, and I've booked – 30, I think she's booked 30 podcasts for me in the last six weeks because it's my virtual, because I'm in the book marketing business, man. I'm on my virtual book tour. We haven't even talked about my book because that's not what I'm showing up. Uh, yeah, it, it's my brand and I want to talk to you about my books or any one of them, but it's because it's part of my marketing team. So get some help and recognize that if you're building your dream house, you'd have a team of people to do specific things. And if you're doing a book, Get a team of people in. Get an editor. Get a writer. Get a formatter. Get somebody that knows book marketing. Get someone that's going to help you with your media and your press and your PR. There are too many jobs for any one human to be able to handle. And if that is you and you're like, I'm going to do it all myself, then good, you know, go for it. Awesome. Go get it. But know that your results are going to be 
significantly slower than if you get some help. Agreed. No, that I agree with. Now, something I want to jump off the, like, tailgate off the back of what you said for anyone out there that's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can afford it, whatever it is. Look, the number one system that got most of the stuff done for me and even just getting mentors that I had early on in my career, I bartered the hell out of it by saying, okay, okay, look, I can't pay you the money. I don't have actual money, but I do have this skill. I do have this thing. Is there any way we can find a mutual ground that I can trade what I do for a little bit of what you do and find a happy way so we can work it together and, you know, go down that path? You'd be surprised how many people are willing to say yes. Like, they're like, oh, cool, yeah, sure, totally. It's not so much that the money is the important thing to guys like Trevor or myself or anyone, really. What's important is that when you put skin in the game, you're more likely to take action. If you get something for free, you'll never take action on it. And maybe you will. You're like the 1% that do, but 99% of people don't. So I agree with Trevor entirely. You should totally do that. Now, this is my favorite part of the show because we're about to wrap up. It's my absolute favorite question of the show. Um, I was going to ask you about the whole confidence thing, but you actually like answered that earlier. My favorite question is, what three pieces of advice would you give to an entrepreneur that's currently, you know, they're hitting that plat, that, that brick wall. They don't know how they're going to get out of the rut they're in. And also the other person that you're speaking to is someone that's hit a plateau and they don't know how to take themselves to the next level. What three pieces of advice would you give them? <clears throat> hmm. So I'm going to go with uh, Steve Jobsism on this one. And I, this is my go advice, but we, you were just talking about uh, um, or fi- how, how to potentially barter your services and ask for help. Like, And I saw Steve Jobs say this years ago. This is not where it came from for me, but it's don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and I just did a quick little Google search. If you look for that, you'll see a little video. I think this is the one from Steve Jobs saying that he asked for different help at different times in his career, and he never had somebody say no. So if you need help, man, it's not like go to them. You know, when you didn't say go to someone and beg, <laughs> uh, but you go to somebody and ask strategically, ask intelligently. And I mean, it's in the Bible, you know, ask and you shall receive, you know? So don't be afraid to ask for help. That's what intelligent, successful, abundant people do. Don't try to figure it out yourself. Almost every time I do that, I fail miserably, or I completely hamper my ability to create fast results. So that's number one. Um, dude, re-ask the question, because I was so focused on that, I wanna make sure I'm answering the question in the context that's being asked. Okay, so essentially it's three pieces of advice for entrepreneurs that are currently in a rut and also the entrepreneurs that are hitting a plateau and they don't know how to scale and grow. Excellent. So those are the two things. So the first one stands. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and that don't be afraid to ask for help, but that's also hire the help. <laughs> you know, hire them. I, I would say the second thing, and I'll just make this – I'll summarize what we are talking about before, is finding the right mentor. So when you do hire someone, because that's my advice, don't be afraid to ask for help. And then be creative about it and be ask intelligently. But then the second thing being, how do you hire the right mentor? See, you know, none of us would hire somebody for physical fitness who was way overweight and smoking crack, you know, right in front of our face. Like we like, okay, that's not the guy we want to hire. But oftentimes we think if somebody looks cool, we want to hire them. We're like, oh my God, look how a fit he is, or whatever. But you know what? The people that create results themselves are not necessarily the best mentor. Look, I think the best decision to make is when you're finding the right mentor, 
Look at, do you like the results that they've created for their clients? If though if they've created amazing results for their clients, that might be someone you want to work with. I had a gal who's going to do some PR for me um, here recently, and she started main naming names of some of the people that I knew that she had worked with. And I was looking at their careers and the results of what they, she had built for them, and I'm like, and none of them, I didn't want I didn't want those results at all. Like, why on earth would I hire her? when the results that she creates for these other people are not the results I want. So make sure that that's the litmus test that you use. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Make sure you're intelligent about choosing your mentor based on someone who's already created success. And then hmm, number three, you know what? I'll give you number three and it's gonna be completely self-serving and salesy. <laughs> We're go not for really. it. It's a go get my book. Go to, um, go to trevorcrane.biz. And what I'm doing right now trevorcrane.biz. If you go to trevorcrane.com, you'll find all my awesomeness, but I will give you my two new books for free if you go to trevorcrane.biz. And that's going to shift here really soon, so you want to go there right away and get that get those books because I'm capping them out. I'm giving the first 100 books away. One of those books is called Big Money with Your Book Without Selling a Single Copy. And that's pretty cool title, big money with your book, not selling a single copy because it's the business behind it. It's the other things. Your book is a positioning tool. And I have story after story to build your belief around that so that you can do it too. You'll love that book. I've gotten great feedback on it. I think it's got like 50 reviews on it so far. It's just come out. Number one best-selling book. You're going to love it. And you get it free. And if you give me a rave review or if you think it sucks, send me an email. <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't, don't publicly put that out there. Hmm. I don't care. I need haters too, so that's all good. Yeah. Uh, and hate on it. That's awesome. But uh, if you if you uh, will join my book launch team, which is what I'm asking you to do, and you read it and review the book, um, I'll send you a physical copy, my cost. Like I'll ship it anywhere in the world, my cost just because I want to show be awesome. So the second book that I'm giving away is how to write a great book fast. And I think books are where it's at. Like I'm teaching an event next weekend, brother, and it is uh, all around sales mastery. It's called Advanced Sales Mastery. It's a three-day event. I teach it with my wife. And it is the they are the secrets of, of persuasion and influence in making a sale and trading, getting some money out of somebody. For, for a massive amount of value. And it is the coolest, most badass thing we do. But that program is designed to teach people to communicate to another human, to get that persuasion thing going on. Now that said, that is what I, my core strength has been, communication for the last two decades of my life, figuring out how to influence others. Get them to do what you want them to do. Whether it's get my wife to marry me or my kid to clean a room. <laughs> you know, That's influence and persuasion. We teach yep. that at that event. But if you have a good book, the right book, and that's why that second title of that book is called How to Write the Right Book Fast. Like it's how to write it fast, but how to write the right book. I have people coming to me every day now that I'm a publisher and I help people publish their books who say, I'm apologizing, Trev, I, my book sucks. It's not doing what I want it to do. I think I wrote the wrong book. They don't have any idea on marketing. They're, they don't have the back end planned. They wrote the wrong book. That book is called How to Write the Right Book Fast. Because when you have the right book, my wife just wrote a book called Make More Money, Help More People. When people read that book, she works with female entrepreneurs. Um, when women read that book, they hire her. 
the book does the sales con has the sales conversation for you. So my third tip for you, if you're in a rut is figure out how to use books in your business, use books in your branding. When I published my first book, we added a zero to our income. So whatever money you made, add, add actually, hold everyone, I want everybody to consider this. It'll be my last little piece. We'll write down for, if you're, write down the number or imagine the number in your mind of the most money you've ever made. Maybe you made that last year or maybe you made that years ago. Whatever the most money you've ever made, now add a zero to it. That's a 10x result, brother. Yeah. That's what I got when we finally figured out how to publish books. And the way I did it is I hired a mentor who helped me get it done and not just get it done, but grow my business. So if you want to make some more money, you want to add some more value to the world, you want to make a difference, get a book done. I believe it so much that my seven-year-old daughter went out and wrote her first book. When she was seven, she became a best-selling author on her eighth birthday. If she can do it, you can do it. If me, this dumb horseshoe and father, kid, whatever, poor guy that files bankruptcies and curses too much can figure it out, you can do it too. So your message matters. You should have a book. Those are three tips. Damn, that's amazing. Guys, go check that stuff out. Go look up trevorcrane.biz. I've already signed up, by the way. I literally just went on my phone and just did it while, I was, uh, while he was talking because, you know, I like books. And, you know, they're both really good books for stuff that I want to do. And I love looking at what other people are doing as well. So definitely go check that out. Be one of the first 100 to pick it up. Um, also, reach out to, you know, reach out to Trevor. I'm pretty sure he's cool with that. If you guys want to write a book, hire him. I recommend it because you've already seen his expertise to a small degree. Like, you got to realize I've got very limited time on the show today. Um, but I'm getting Trevor back next time. Like, just an FYI, he, he may disagree with this. He can disagree. It's only going to be, like, a matter of, like, three emails. And he's like, all right, I'm back on the show. Let's do this. Essentially, because I love, uh, I love hanging out with this guy and talking to him. But, um, yeah, guys, go check out Trevor's stuff. And, Trevor, thank you for actually being here on the show. Truly appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Hope that was some, some bombs of awesomeness. <laughs> no. was, yeah, it was. I, and your story's incredible. I'd love to be back at some stage, and um, I'll have you as a guest on my Greatness Quest podcast uh, as well in the future. So you guys can, I'm gonna, I want to rip your brain a little bit. I just hired I, my publishing team for my clients. Check this out. I I've just evolved our mentoring program where I say we do it with you. My new system gives people a head writer, an executive editor a copywriter, an author manager, a project manager, someone to manage your virtual book tour, a media expert. I have a, a formatting expert. We do. We have the whole publishing team and my clients basically get – and a project management system and project manager manage the whole thing. Like we, And it is not as expensive as you might think. I'm like, oh my god, that's like a million bucks. No, it's not. We made it awesome so we can deliver results in a real short period of time. But dude, I want to talk to you about it because since you're dropping bombs with your uh, – like I said, you sold me with your conviction and you did it because you weren't trying to sell me. You did it exactly. because you just told me was in your core of what you did best, which is what the question uh, they asked, that I asked everybody, by the way, is I said, hey, man, what do you do best? W what are you most passionate about? And when you told me that, I'm like, I know what I want to hire this guy for. I know what I want to work with you on, and I might be able to bring you on so when my new clients get some help, they get your loving too. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Guys, again, go check out trevorcrane.com, trevorcrane.biz. Check out his podcast. Like, seriously, there's so many great stuff that you can actually do. Just Google this guy, look him up, get his books, and support him. Um, as always, I'll see you on the next episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged.
Trevor, again, thank you for being here, man. My pleasure. Thanks, brother.